Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> You can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Podcast hosted exclusively by me, Jess Birkin. Hang on a second. My, my guests, who are temporary, <laughs> my temporary guests this week. Uh, <laughs> We're not even on for the full app. Matthew Gerard Stewart. <laughs> that is not his middle name. And David James. Warnicky. Correct. That James is actually. Me. But James is mine as is well. Is well? How have we never discussed that you have the same middle name? We may we have. Probably have. I'm sure. And all I, our mums I, have Anne in their names. That's right. And all of us have James. Your middle name's James as well, right? Yeah, it is. James yeah. Anne. <laughs> James Anne. James Anne Perkins. I was making up Dave's and then realised halfway through that I was saying the correct name. That's the correct name. How are you, Jess? I'm pretty good. Thank you for giving me a chance to uh, intro. It was no good and uh, no, you thought, will do it from now on. I thought the, the tone, style, great, but the fact that you introduced Matt and I as temporary guests means you will never have that privilege again. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I, I just want it. to be the star. You, you are on. the star already. Was, you just don't need that little intro bit at the start. Okay. Right. Now, people like you for your hateful soul. <laughs> yeah, that's it's right. A, it's the adorable exterior um, with the... Bitter, bitter, bitter core. Bitter core, yeah. And uh, Matt, how are you? I'm really good. You're not bitter. You're just a happy chappy. Mate, couldn't be happier. <laughs> life's, happy life's chappy. Wonderful. Life's pretty peachy. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah. Hear that? Hear that positivity and optimism Just in his voice? Everything about things is good. That's right. That mm. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Laugh is delicious. It totally is. Perk up, Perkins. Perk up. Hashtag perk up. <laughs> uh, Jess, do you want to tell everyone what this show is? This sh- heard oh, because I didn't do that in my intro. This is a, a trivia comedy fact-based podcast where each week one of us takes tur- we take turns. Each week where one of us yes. doing really Stuck well, a loop. <laughs> presents a school-like report, if you will, on a topic of our choosing and presents fun facts to the other two. And uh, and you learn and you laugh. Oh, well, that's nearly accurate, but fun There's facts. There's no is, laughing. Fun fact is your thing. Oh, that's my thing. Not every report will contain fun facts. I don't believe mine will finish fun facts <gasps> because today it's my turn to take the lead with a report. Because the whole thing will be fun. Exactly. You don't I, need fun facts if I'm you. I'm trying whole... to let me know at the end if I've spliced in, sort of sprinkled across some fun facts throughout. Sure. The next hour of your life. Great. All right. So should we just get straight into <laughs> yeah, it, Matt? Let's get stuck in. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, look, I'd like you to put the fun facts at the end where they belong, mate. <laughs> hey, but num num num, life is delicious. I am I thought... a maverick. I, I like thought... to fun fact. So I like to keep the listeners interested rather than them skipping 50 minutes to, to the end of the podcast. <laughs> well, sure. sure. Some people are, they're like, oh, Mary Poppins. I don't know. I've seen that, but I, don't know. I want the fun facts at the end. 50 minutes, skip. Skip. Okay. Yeah, no, he's onto something there. Hey, who cares? We get the downloads all we need. My next episode, I'm going to put my fun facts bang in the middle. Oh. Yeah, find them now, you turds. Oh, but you said bang in the middle, so they'll just oh, Exactly. Oh, yeah. An hour and 14, they'll be like, oh, 37 minutes in. <laughs> Damn it, Perkins. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> well, guys. I like it when I make Matt laugh. I don't know why. I find it really gratifying. Yeah, he's a tough cookie to crack, but when you get him, sometimes he spasms out of control. <laughs> he just has such a little chuckle. It's great. It is great. Well, I'm going to try and uh, get you chuckling on this show. <laughs> Matt? Well, I will. I'm just trying to steer the ship on, on track here, people. Uh, we often start to get into my report with a question. Guys, we are going into the underworld. Ooh. My first question is, uh, who do you think is the most famous criminal in history? <gasps> oh, famous criminal. Okay. I, oh. Ned Kelly. No, very good. Famous criminal. Jack Worldwide, the are we talking? We are definitely international. Charles Manson. No, how about I say, who are the most famous criminal duo? Bonnie and Clyde. Yes. Very yeah, they're good. They're number one, are they? What well, you duo. Think? Who are you thinking? Uh, uh, someone. Bloody George Clooney and Brad Pitt stealing all those hearts. Oh, <laughs> very good. In, in the Oceans movies? Yes. And they also committed crimes. Oh, yeah, you know, they did too. You're right. Oh, yeah. How about Hall and Oates? Stealing, Stealing all them hearts. hearts on the dance floor, though, am I right? Stealing all yeah. that. Musical what about the genius? Um, Jesus Christ. He's literally already said what the topic is, so now. What? Please explain to me the duo and the criminality of Jesus Christ. Is well, because he's the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's a trio. So a trio. trio. That is a he's trio. A um, he's a triptych of crime. No, but he, not at all. He, well, he was a criminal though, because he like he was. Oh, he executed. was persecuted as a criminal, I imagine. Okay, fair enough. I like that slide. I think it's very good. Persecuted. Still, he's only one. He's only one man. I did a drama solo in year 10 of Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, I, I mainly played Bonnie. Oh? But I did... Did a little bit of... Cl- you 
dabbled. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you've got to do multiple characters. So what, what was the text? Did you, was it pre-written or did you have to devise a piece? Or what yeah, was I think, your... No, yeah, I had to, had to devise a piece. Had to so do you know myself. a bit about Bonnie and Clyde then? Um, oh, some facts will come back to me, but I can't really pull much out right now. Well, that's okay, because I've got... Matt, how about you? Do you know much about the... I reckon I... At one point, flicked over and saw a movie, like a biopic about them. Maybe one from the 80s? Was it like a... So bio- it had the guy that played Dick Tracy in it. The one that You're So Vain's written about. You know that guy? Well, the most famous film is... <laughs> War- I can't think of his the name. The most famous... Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. Yeah, yeah Warren that's Beatty. the most famous... That's 1967, that movie. Fuck off. Warren Beatty. Really? You Fade said 80s. Did you yeah, say 80s? Yeah, I thought it was from the 80s. Yeah, it's actually... I watched the movie on this weekend. 67. How yeah. old is Warren Beatty? Still alive, so it's Faye Dunaway. You know who's also in it? Gene Hackman. Ooh. Huh. Quite young. And also there's a cameo from Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka. <gasps> I love wow. Gene Wilder. It's actually quite a good film. Double Gene. Not that accurate to the story of their lives. Ah. Luckily, I didn't base the report on that film. But it is, it's, it's, well, it's really well directed. And it was a landmark movie in cinema because it's uh, one of the first films to depict on-screen violence in a very graphic way. Oh. So before that, people would get shot off camera or they wouldn't see it. But in that... People get shot in the face. Oh. I yeah. accidentally stumbled upon a clip on YouTube the other day. I was stuck in a YouTube vortex. Oh, and it was some it. kind of musical number between Bonnie and Clyde. Was she like an actress? Was she wanting to make it big in Hollywood or something? Did I make No, that, that would have been a just dramatization. You're yeah. thinking of um, not, not Bonnie and Clyde, but Sonny Bono and Cher. Ah. Yeah. Or Jay-Z and Beyonce. That's who song. I was watching. Oh, Jay-Z and, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Oh three, Bonnie and Clyde from the year... 2003. Oh, they did a like a musical clip. <laughs> One of the song is um, <laughs> like a musical. Well, well, in the film clip they play like a modern day Bonnie and Clyde. Do you know that song? Me and my girlfriend. That song. That's Jason. I need a little. Oh, I know, yeah. I'm gonna need a little. Yeah, a bit more. I don't know. It's me and my girlfriend. That's all I know. JC. And then he does a lot of rapping, Beyonce. It's the, the clip that... Uh, he working does a on that lot s- of rapping. We'll, we'll say that song is where so they got, got together. got a career based on that, mate. Okay. You know that? Making that song is where Jay-Z and Beyonce first coupled up. Yeah, well, he's a millionaire because really? of his, his a lot of rapping, okay? Yeah. What do you do? Write some bloody jokes? Good on you. Well, I... Well, Come on, give us a joke, Dave. If you're so good at rapping and joking all the time, I assume that's what is that. I wasn't listening. Is that what he said? He's I great at rapping so. and joking. He said I'm excellent at well, rapping. Give us some joke raps. I'm mate. better than Jay Z. He said. My name is Dave. Oh no, and no, I'm here no, no abort, abort, abort. Bonnie <laughs> no, and Clyde. Uh, no, no. Bonnie and Clyde played by Faye Dunaway. Yeah, oh, no. that's pretty good. Do you know that film, 1967, Bonnie and Clyde, to steer this back on track? <laughs> Nominated for 10 Academy Awards. 10 to tie it back Including to... Including Warren, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway getting... Do you know that Warren Beatty has been nominated for 14 Academy Awards? That's a lot. Isn't that crazy for yeah. writing, directing, he's, acting? He's quite a popular... Uh, Amazing. Actor guy. Anyway, this old is... Old white a, guy getting a lot of... Nom- oh, I guess he wasn't always an old white guy. But yeah, that's right. he, was he was always a, a white young guy. white guy. He was always white. But anyway, Bonnie and Clyde, here they are. Bonnie and Clyde were part of what is known as the public enemies era, operating through the US Great Depression in the 1930s. 1930s. So everyone was, people were very, very poor, but then there were uh, some famous outlaws that were sort of enemies of the public because of what they were doing. And the other super famous public enemy from this era era is uh, John Dillinger. John Dillinger. Uh, So they're enemies of the public, so the public aren't even happy with them. I thought they could be like Ned Kelly types, where they're all like you know Robin Hood, where they steal from the rich. Well, we'll we'll, we'll talk yeah. about their profile, definitely. Yes. So 
it started we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. No, so it started well for them, but then in the end, they did become enemies of the public. But let's start with uh, Bonnie. Do you know her last name? Clyde. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie Clyde and Clyde Bonnie. Correct. No, it's uh, Bonnie Parker. Yeah. Bonnie Parker. No, Bonnie. I don't think that's right. That doesn't sound right to me. Oh, sorry. Bonnie Elizabeth Parker. There it is. Was born in Rowena, Texas in 1910. Rowena. She was the second of three children. Her father, Charles Parker, was a bricklayer who died when Middle she... Middle child syndrome. There that's right. But he died when she was just four years old. Her mother worked as a seamstress who moved the family to a poor suburb known now as West Dallas. So this is starting out in Texas. In a second year in high school, Parker met classmate Roy Thornton. They dropped out of school together and were married on September 25th, 1926, six days before she turned 16. Oh, she got married at 15. 15. Damn, you, you know what I did at 15? Got uh, got my ears pierced for the second time, like the second holes in the ear. Really? Hey, yeah. That's both, something. Both classic signs of rebellion there. Yeah. And my mum was like, that looks nice. That I love ma- marriage as rebellion. <laughs> well, at 15. Did, yeah, sure, it definitely is. But I like, I like to think that it is forever. Like 35-year-olds getting married. Yeah, your parents are there Cop walking you down moment, the aisle. <laughs> That's your speech? Yeah. Cop this, Dad. Suck yeah. It. So, was her husband's name Roy, did you say? Roy Thornton. But I wouldn't bother writing his name down because their marriage marked by his were marked by his frequent absences and brushes with the laws. He was a bit of a crim himself. And it was very short-lived. They broke up and she never saw him again after January 1929. However, they never officially divorced and she was wearing his wedding ring when she died. Oh, she never took it Okay. Sorry to say. Spoiler alert. Well, she I was, was born in 1910. Yeah, so she may, have, she may have died... Of old age. Of super old age in a nursing home. Last week. Still, surrounded by her medals of valour. Still 106. Too young. <laughs> Rest in peace. So, sorry, uh, how long were they married for? I'm really fascinated by they're this. They're still married. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, but... Um, yeah, that's right. That's, she never sorry, saw him again well after 29, so three years. So, for three years, but f- wow. before they'd broken up before that. Imagine they, being they were, married and broken up by, like, so, 17, 18 years old. Been there, done that, yeah. marriage. <laughs> yeah, imagine. What's, what's next? <laughs> uh, after the marriage ended, she lived with her mother and worked as a waitress. One of her customers was the postal worker, Ted Hilton who said men would often hit on the good-looking Parker and later admitted that he himself had a crush on her. But we'll get back to Ted a little bit later. Ted Hinton. H-I-N-T-O-N. I'm noting that down because you, uh, you, you're alluding to that. I think, I think something's going to happen Changes with our old name mate. to Bonnie. Ted. No, no, no she's Bonnie. Bonnie. Wait, which one's Bonnie again? Bonnie she Bonnie? Parker. Bonnie Parker. Out of Bonnie and Clyde, who do you reckon <laughs> is the girl? <laughs> Well, I mean, Dave's only said it 17 times so far, so mm-hmm. I okay, mean... so we've got... So Bonnie's the girl. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Bonnie equals Bonnie girl. girl. Write that. Uh, Clyde, Clyde equals boy. Okay. Let's talk about Clyde. Uh, do you know his last name? Bonnie Parker and Clyde... Clyde Devon Devin- Can you get your first Should... letter? Starts with a B. Be- Benson. I actually don't know. Okay, Clyde Barrow. Okay, I didn't no. know that. So no. Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow. It's a classic... I don't think that's right either. It's a classic... Uh, <laughs> Classic trivia question you'll have in Trivial Pursuit a lot is uh, what, either what is their last name or, or Barrow and Parker are the surnames of which famous ah. crime duo. So remember that one out there if you're playing Trivial Pursuit. Uh, Clyde Chestnut Barrow was Chestnut. born. That's his middle name. Look at that. Also, no, a.k.a. Clyde Champion Barrow. He nah. went by two names. Nah, Chestnut's better. It's not Chester, you know, which is an actual name. So it's Chestnut. Chestnut. C.C. Barrow is great. Uh, he was born in 1909, making him one year older than Bonnie. 
He was born into a very poor farming family in Ellis County, also Texas, which was uh, southeast of Dallas. He was the fifth of seven children whose family migrated to Dallas in the early 1920s as part of a wave of resettlement from impoverished farms to an urban slum known as West Dallas. So he also moved to West Dallas. The Barrow spent their first months in West Dallas living under their wagon. Under uh, their wagon. And eventually they upgraded to living in a tent. As a teenager, Clyde attempted to enlist in the US Navy, but lingering effects from a serious boyhood illness, possibly malaria or yellow fever, no one ever really knew, resulted in him being rejected on medical grounds, which was a hard blow for Clyde, who had already tattooed USN or US Navy on his left arm. Which, after talking about tattoos last week, I don't think they would have had laser removal Back in the 1920s. It's a bit eager, isn't it? That is eager. Getting the tattoo oh, see, before what the What can you job. change that to? What was it? USN. Yeah. US. Uh, uh, you could call it to uh, Puss Not. Puss Now. P- puss. Bus Now. Bus, bus Now. He could become a bus driver. <laughs> bus Now. Bus Just Now. wraps around his arm. Yeah. Bus No. And he refuses to get on buses. Ah. Yeah, I think I like that the most. Mm-hmm. That's bus pretty now. good. Look, I think that was hey, worth stopping the conversation we've, for. No, I think we've saved the day for old Clyde. Nothing yeah. bad's going to happen to him. Or is it? <laughs> Barrow was first arrested in 1926 for automobile theft after failing to return a car he had rented in Dallas to visit an estranged high school girlfriend. The rental car agency dropped the charges, but the incident remained on his record. Can you imagine renting a car to a 16-year-old kid? Yeah. Who has USN tattooed on his arm? Yep. Fair enough. Uh, just three- I would. Just done, I've done it a couple of times this week. I trust him. Yeah. I think he's a good guy. Misunderstood, perhaps. He's a, he's a chestnut, that kid. He's having a little bit of bad luck. You know, he didn't get into the Navy. Mate, take he, the car he a bit longer. To, he forgot, he to, forgot return to return it. it. That's he fine. To return but three it. weeks later, he was arrested again alongside his older brother, Ivan Buck Barrow. Better name. For an even more uh, serious crime. Possession of a truckload of stolen turkeys. Oh, my God. So, he started with the big crimes, this guy. No, Is that the like official what's... crime? Is that what it's written yeah, down yeah. in the law? Is that a metric measurement? A truckload of turkeys? No, no. These are genuine gobble-gobble live turkeys. <laughs> they stole a truck I full know, but of how them. many is a truck full? That's what I want to know. Yeah, how big is a truck, Dave? How big is it? Because it could be like a little budget truck. No, no. We're talking about a... 78 tonner. I don't know what that means. 78 tonner? <laughs> that is a big truck. That's, no, that, no, that's the big turkey. It's a big turkey. <laughs> it's a very, 78 ton turkey. It's a very big turkey. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this guy was a criminal mastermind. <laughs> hey, Buck, I hear that there's the world's biggest turkey living in the farm next door. Let's go steal it. And it's the biggest by like thousands of times. Yeah, that's right. He, he's literally king of the turkeys. Literally. He's got a crown on everything. <laughs> He's been knighted. <laughs> Kings get knighted, right? <laughs> oh, God. He sits on a turkey throne. <laughs> but he, if he's the king, he had to knight himself. Yeah. Yeah. I dub thee, I dub me, <laughs> Sir Turkey King. <laughs> All hail, Sir Turkey King. All hail. All the other turkeys start hailing. <laughs> it's quite a good turkey impression, isn't it? Not a bad turkey. Do you want to have a go? I, I, would, I will not. Go Come on, Matt. It's really fun. <laughs> but do it in an English voice so you get yeah. to get away with your English accent. Be an accent. English turkey. Oh, well, I, I find Go both on. of those things difficult. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think you nailed it. Because yeah, it's 
just walked away with it was like a very hoity-toity ooh, head. Ooh, not... I'm not very confident about this. Ooh, ooh. Oh, 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 I am having fun doing a silly voice. Ooh. <laughs> so good, man. <laughs> your face uh, is saying fuck you right now. I don't know if you know that, but your face is looking at me and your eyes are saying fuck you. I know your mouth is saying it. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, several accounts describe Bonnie and Clyde's first meeting, but let's go with this one because that's the one I found the most sources for. Bonnie Clyde met, pardon me, Bonnie Parker met Clyde Barrow on January 5th, 1930 at Clarence Clay's house, who was a friend of Clyde. Clarence Clay, that is a cracking name. So Bonnie was, it's, it's such a good one, isn't it? Mm. Bonnie was out of work and was staying in West Dallas to assist a female friend who had a broken arm. So she's a nice girl. We're painting she's, that picture. Yeah. Uh, Clyde dropped by the girl's house while Parker was in the kitchen making hot chocolate. Oh, that's quite nice, isn't it? When they met, both were smitten immediately. Aww. Most historians believe Parker joined Barrow, that's Bonnie joined Clyde, because she was in love with him. But L- Love will make you do silly things. But they were soon split apart because after sequential arrests in 1928-1929, soon after this meeting, he was sent to Eastham prison farm in April 1930 so just a bit so well yeah and he got sentenced to 14 years in jail oh. something like 20 years old in 1930 but it's a prison farm which means that you just have to do a lot of work and tend hang out to with some turkeys. turkeys yeah they're like this guy's the, the turkey whisperer okay what I'm gonna do <laughs> I know you're a king turkey yeah I'm the big turkey <laughs> why, why are you whispering I Got really small ears. It's hard to hear. I'm a turkey. <laughs> How do birds hear? That's a question I've never answered. <laughs> uh, whilst in prison, what? back to the crimes. Whilst in prison, which is East Ham Prison Farm, so that's quite important because um, he hates this place for the rest of his life. Whilst in prison, young Barrow used a lead pipe to crush the skull of another inmate. Oh, oh. shit! Ed Crowder, who was a seriously bad dude who'd been preying upon. Uh, Clyde and other young inmates and touching them up, so to speak. This, oh. this was Clyde Barrow's... He, he'd been doing it for over a year and Clyde had enough of it. So this was Clyde Barrow's first killing. Lead pipe. That is a Cluedo weapon. Over the head. Crushed yeah. it. It is a Cluedo weapon. Yeah. It is. But uh, he didn't get in trouble for it because another inmate, Aubrey Scaly, who had been ab- also been abused by Crowder, he was already serving a life sentence. He took the blame. <gasps> he took the blame. Uh, but he was actually pardoned by the governor in 1953. So this guy got off and they killed an awful, awful man. Uh, Clyde Barrow... Also whilst in prison, convinced another inmate to use an axe to chop off uh, two of his toes in order to excuse him from working hard labour in the field. to chop off Clyde's toes. Yeah, so Clyde said, (gasps) a bit like, you know, um, Chopper with the Chopper, a famous Australian criminal, uh, famously got another inmate to chop off his ears so he had to go to the hospital ward so he wouldn't uh, be murdered by a gang that he'd pissed off in prison. So he's like the, the 1920s chopper. So he said, "Can you chop my toes off so I won't have to work hard, hard labor in the fields?" Which word? Which worked, I should say. But sadly, unbeknownst to Clyde, his mother successfully petitioned a release for him hmm. just six days after this intentional oh injury. Oh my god! Barrow would walk for a limp for the rest of his life as a result of well, not having two toes. I was going to say you've got to be careful because uh, balance, right? Yeah, but like if you lose your big toe, you can't walk properly, right? Like you've got to yeah, be careful so he, which toe. The little ones? Two little ones. I can't confirm, but he also had to drive barefoot for the rest of his life. Okay, that has nothing to do with it, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, put a shoe on. I do that. It's just comfortable sometimes. Yeah. 
Because thongs, thongs are tricky thongs are to work the pedals. Yeah, so yeah. it's better to take them off. Yeah, slip them off. I find it kind of liberating too sometimes. Yeah, it's yeah, so really Throw good. your thong off and drive. Just barefoot yeah. bare. on the pedal. It's nice. Oh, it does feel good. Yeah. It's, it's feel man free. and machine just yeah. connecting. It feels, very, it feels like summer. Yeah. You know? I just want to say to the American Especially listeners. Especially in the summertime. I want to say to the US listeners that thongs are flip-flops. Flip. We're not throwing our underwear the out Americans the Americans Oh, I do that. Thongs flip-flops. Yes. Yeah. I knew that. They do call them that some places. It's, a, it's, it's, it's probably a better word. Flip flops. Do oh, they even have them though? Is weird. Do they have yeah, they have flip flops. Yes, they call mm. them jandals in New Zealand. Jandals. I like that. Jandals. Jandals is a good word. Jandals. 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 After Barrow was released, from... I don't think any of us nailed that. No, we did not at all. Sorry, New Zealand listeners. Hello. No. Hell. Hell. I know the vowels are different, but I forget which way. A is. Should I, e. should I go on? Yeah, probably. Good. <laughs> uh, after Barrow was released from prison, when he was um, sort of bailed out by his mum, in oh. February 1932, he and a guy called Ralph Fultz assembled a rotating core group of associates. They began a series of small robberies, primarily of stores and sort of gas stations. He just doesn't learn, does he? Oh, no. But so, Because some claimed that Clyde's whole mission in life since being released was to get enough money to break out all the prison inmates of East Ham an exact re- revenge upon his mistreatment in prison. Oh. So that's some people think that he was saving up for. He's saving up to break everybody out. Yeah, get a lot of money, get a lot of people, get a lot of weapons, and then just sort of get revenge upon... Because when he went in, he was just a kid, and when he came out a few years later, he, he was, was a, a like a hardened criminal, yeah. Wow. Because of, you know, bad stuff that happened in there. On April 19th, Bonnie Parker, who was part of the group with Ralph Fultz, and Fultz himself were captured in a failed hardware store robbery... Well, they intended to steal firearms, uh, and subsequently they were both convicted and jailed. But Bonnie was released a few months after a grand jury failed to indict her. Fultz, however, was prosecuted and tried, which some would say was a good thing because he never... He served time, but when he got out of jail, never rejoined the gang. And he did do a few other crimes, but later got clean and lived to be 82 years old. Oh, good on him. He is one of the few people in this story that makes it to old age. Oh, I'll spoilers. say that. Sorry about that. that is a spoiler. On April 30, Clyde was the driver in a robbery, also in Texas, during which the store's owner, J.N. Butcher, B-U-C-H-E-R, he was uh, shot and killed. And when shown mug shots, the victim's wife identified Barrow as one of the shooters, although he'd just been the driver and stayed outside in the car. Oh. But this was the first time in the crime spree that Barrow, Clyde, was accused of murder. Uh-oh. Bonnie was released, uh, when, I, like I said, when a jury declined to indict her. Within a few weeks, sadly, she rejoined Clyde in the gang. Oh, Bonnie. And in August, whilst Parker, Bonnie, visiting her mother in Dallas, Clyde, a guy called Raymond Hilton, and Ross Dyer were drinking alcohol at a country dance when a sheriff and his deputy approached him in the parking lot. Not a good thing because Barrow, Clyde, and Hamilton... Opened fire, killing the deputy and gravely wounding the sheriff. This was the I shot the sheriff, but, but I, I did not shoot the shot deputy. Them. It's actually the other did, way around, no I'm way. afraid. Wait, I, I shot, shot the, sh- the deputy, but I did not. I gravely wounded the sheriff. Would be more. Is that what that song's about? Yes. Yes, let's go with it. Oh. Uh, this was the first time Clyde and his gang killed a lawman. Well, it was the first time for everything. You've got to kill a lawman at some point, don't you? you? Hey? Uh, it would all catch up with the gang member Raymond Hamilton, who's one of those guys that just shot a sheriff. 
Uh, because by the time he was 21 years old, he accumulated a prison sentence of 362 years. That's it. Okay, hang on. I'm no good at maths. 362 years t- divided by the average lifetime. He's never getting out of prison. He's still in. <laughs> he's still in. No, he's not because he was executed on May 10, 1935. But he, his but... corpse will see out the sentence. That's right. They, they make him stay in the prison cell <laughs> and rot. Oh. Uh, he was electrocuted by electric chair. Hamilton, he walked calmly and firmly to the chair, seated himself with the words, well, goodbye all. Oh, yeah, not nah, cool. So, real badass, real yeah. badass. If guy. you're going to... if Jolly good. Yeah. Okay, bye. I like it was sort of quite... It sounded like polite, old-timey language. <laughs> well, goodbye, everyone. And I imagine he would have tipped his cap. He tipped the metal thing on top. <laughs> yeah. You know, the bit I they... dips me lid. Tips, tips the electric chair lid. Oh, dear. Yuck. Uh, so, he's gone, but uh, another guy in the story, W.D. Jones. W.D. Jones. So he's going to become part of the gang. He'd been a friend of Clyde and the Barrow family since childhood. And when he was only 16 years old on Christmas Eve 1932, he persuaded Clyde to let him join him and Bonnie. And uh, he left Dallas with them that night. The next day, W.D. Jones was initiated when he and Barrow killed Doyle Johnson, a young family man, oh. while stealing their, uh, or stealing the guy's car, also in Texas. Oof. Less than two weeks later, in January, Barrow killed uh, Tarrant County Deputy Sheriff Malcolm Davis when he, Parker, and Jones wandered into a police trap set for another criminal, which is oh quite unfortunate. God. I should have been keeping a tally of how many well, people he's ta- killed. I've got it written here. The total murdered by the gang since April was five. Okay. So, so in nine five. months, I've killed five people. So they're not, Body count. not great people. Body, yeah. I've got a tally going. Bonnie count. It's a nice even number for you so far, Jeff. <laughs> so at the moment, we've got W.D. Jones... Clyde Barrow, Bonnie Parker, but they need more of a gang. So in March 1933, Clyde's brother, Buck... Great. Buck Barrow, was released... Buck Barrow. He was released from prison when granted a full pardon. So the, the prisons were really full at this time, I should say. That's why everyone was getting a pardon, because they just didn't have enough places. So people were getting, like, 25-year sentences. And then they're like, after four years, oh, we need the bed. So they're just sending him back out there. But who do you choose to get rid of? You know, who you're like, oh, well, like, surely you'd prioritise some of the... The yeah. pettier crimes. How about a really honest guy? Really honest? Let me tell you about Buck. Buck stopped going to school at around age eight or nine because he enjoyed fishing and hunting far better, quote. Sure. Buck, uh, stop. Buck, like, Buck stopped with him. <laughs> oh, very good. Have you been waiting for that? Only, only a few seconds. <laughs> he was the one, I should say, who was driving the... Worth the wait. <laughs> ...the truck full of stolen turkeys. Oh, okay. So this, sure. he was the driver. Um, so Buck had met a lady called Blanche, oh. Blanche, and fallen in love with her just days before being shot and arrested during a burglary gone wrong. And not wanting to be away from his new love, he, what he'd done is he escaped from prison by simply walking out the door, yeah, good plan. stole the guard's car, drove to his parents' place in West Dallas where Blanche was living. They got married whilst he was on the run, but Blanche wasn't interested in a, a criminal career, so she and members of his family urged him to turn himself in. So two days after Christmas 1931, his mother and wife drove him up to the gate of Huntsville Penitentiary Prison where he told the surprise officer officials that he had escaped almost two years before and needed to resume his sentence where they welcomed him in. Amazing. What? That is... I I like that. I like how it's just like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, where have you been? Yeah, great. Good to have you back. Come in, mate. 
Turkeys are still there waiting for you, mate. Don't worry about that. Uh, or a few things have changed. We've got a new cook, but uh, you will love Sloppy Joe Wednesdays. Oh, <laughs> so much mama. fun. That guy who used to rape everybody, he's gone. Yeah, we clubbed him good. <laughs> we clubbed him good. <laughs> he is full dead. You'll find it's actually quite a nice community a nice... now. Yeah. There's a there's a crocheting club. Anyway, you'll you'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll be right. Come in. on. Did you want your old bed base same room? All right, come on in. We hey, everyone! <laughs> Buck's back! Yay! Yay! <laughs> His room's still the same. Still got the same posters on the wall. Yeah, and the oh. warden used to go in there and just smell his sheets. <laughs> I'm just imagining. Remember those Buck, times? The turkey whisperer. I hope he's okay wherever he is. Buck and so they're now Buck and Blanche Barrow. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty great. good. BB and BB. So he was released, Buck. And I said Blanche didn't want a criminal career. Oh, no. But he didn't stay clean because upon his release in March 1933, uh, Buck, in the company of Blanche, <laughs> which I love that name, joined, joined the younger brother Clyde, Bonnie Parker, and W.D. Jones in Missouri, where he participated in several armed robberies. Oh, so come on, Buck. He went from burglary to armed robbery very, very quickly. Then why put yourself back into prison then? Yeah. You know, know, if you're just going to turn... done your time, I know. And they didn't even seem to care that he, was, he wasn't there. Yeah, I think that's how full it was. They're like, oh, yeah, where have you been? Oh, dear. So you, I like how you, you're like, they didn't seem to care. I mean, in our act out, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, very true. You, I think you've reality, just locked that in. Like, <laughs> That's exactly how it happened. Yeah. Uh, Dave just handed us a script, which uh, someone dictated at the time. And, um, I mean, like, it, was he being pursued? He didn't seem like he was in hiding. There was obviously forms for when he got married, so there was records yeah. of him doing things. Wouldn't have been that hard to find him. No, and he was hanging out in his parents' house. Yeah, yeah. they didn't look very that's, hard, did that they? That is amazing. That's what I meant. For two years. It's not like he was there for... <laughs> You know how these days the criminal gets out for like 12 hours and everyone freaked? This guy was gone for two years and then handed himself in. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like he would have been free. Like that was... Yeah, he was fine. That's yeah. what I mean. And then he did two he more years. He went back in and learnt some bad stuff again. And then became an armed robber like the next day. This guy's an idiot. Oh, Buck. Uh, the group now five strong. So you got Blanche. You got Buck. You got Clyde. You got Bonnie. You got W.D. Uh, they attracted, uh, next they attracted the attention of law enforcement, not from crimes, but from their loud, laddish behaviour. Laddish. They would drink, I'll just put that word in, to be honest, that was not a popular word back in the 1930s. They would drink heavily and party into the night, playing card games quite loudly. <laughs> How do you play card games loudly? Snap! Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, and this was in a very... Go cool. fish! <laughs> what? Keep it down. Well, this is a very quiet area of town, so they told the... Told the sheriff and the, the lawman. Checkmate. They told the lawman who assembled a no, five man. Jess, that is a different. Oh, I apologize. It's not cards at all. I'm not good at games. Or is it? Probably. I'm sure there's a card game that you get to see. Anyway. Sorry about that. Do <laughs> go on, Dave. Fine. Thank you. Uh, the lawman. The lawmen. I love this lawman. Assembled a five man car force in two cars in April to confront what they suspected were bootleggers living in the garage apartment. So they didn't know that they were a wanted armed robbery gang. Uh, so they sort of uh, surrounded them. But in their escape, Clyde, Jones and Buck quickly killed a detective, McGuinness, and fatally wounded another one, Constable Harriman. Fatally wounded? That's another two. Oh, fatally wounded. Yeah, so two more. Two more. The gang escaped, but what they did was they left behind, because it was such a kerfuffle, most of their possessions in the apartment. 
Items included Buck and Blanche's marriage license, so now they know who they are. Uh-oh. Buck's parole papers, which Uh-oh. were only three weeks old. <laughs> He's been out for three weeks. A large arsenal of weapons, so they lost a lot of weapons. A handwritten poem by Bonnie. She apparently liked to write um, poems. Sure. And she didn't, it wasn't typed up on her iMac Pro. Unbelievably not. Wouldn't hold that as high as the um, parole papers or the wedding certificate, though. It's just a <laughs> fucking poem. Just, just write another one, you dumb bitch. But- <laughs> Look, I mean, you've you've really turned on her there, and I don't think I don't remember Dave ever saying that she was going. Hey, forget that other shit. I need my poem back. <laughs> you dumb. I love that. They've that t- is brutal. How many people have they killed so far? Seven. Seven. They've killed seven people, and your biggest <laughs> fault with her is that she's left some poetry behind. You dumb bit. Not you callous cow. You killer. All this. It's like no nah, poetry. I draw the line. <laughs> but I will say the most important thing for history that they left behind was a camera with several rolls of undeveloped film because uh, Bonnie Parker was sort of a bunning amateur photographer. She'd been taking a lot of photos on, on their journey. The film was developed at the Joplin Globe, which is a local newspaper, and yielded many now infamous photos of uh, Bonnie and Clyde That's and Jones awesome. who were clowning around in the photos pointing weapons at one another. And uh, they publish both the poem and the photos. Oh, inc- so the poem inc- plays a part. That's right. And the poem was about them being on the run. Oh, so it made her look like no. a real badass. And one of the photos, which is very famous, and I will tweet this photo probably when we put the episode out, uh, included one of uh, Bonnie clenching a cigar in her teeth and a pistol in her other hand. And, and it went out in the newly installed newswire, so across the country. And so now the obscure five criminals from Dallas suddenly became front page news across America, and they were dubbed the Barrow Gang. Okay, well, if I may, I would like to issue a formal apology to Bonnie. That's right. Um, I, I will accept on behalf of her. I Don't, j- well, I mean... I jumped onto the poem thing, I called her a dumb bitch, yeah. and then it all tied together, and it made sense why Dave mentioned it, because it was published in the newspaper. Exactly, that's the point, yeah. right? She is now a published poet. Yeah, she's a published poet. That's more than I can say. Which is... um. None of my poetry has been published. Have you ever had a, a photo of you with a cigar and a handgun published on the front page of most newspapers in the US? I have not. I have not. So. Have you written much poetry, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> That's so disappointing. Sadly, yes, I have. It's real sad. Have you got any off the top of your head? This cheery demeanour. It's a facade. <laughs> that sounds like the opening line of a poem, doesn't it? This cheery demeanour is quite a facade. Mm. Next line, please. And then Dave raps the rest. Please don't, Dave. My ghetto <laughs> So, yeah, I just want to apologise to Bonnie. No, I will That's not okay. share my poetry because it won't be as good as hers and um, the world isn't ready for my poetry. I don't think they were ready for Bonnie's either because she suddenly became very uh, famous. They became over fam- famous overnight, but they were especially surprised because in the photo she looks like a real badass. She didn't actually smoke cigars and she... There's debate over whether she actually ever fired guns in the robberies. Oh, wow. Before that, the media were surprised that a woman could be such a badass. So that's why it became yeah. such a big news story. And suddenly she looked like a cigar-smoking, gun-toting, like, yeah. crazy woman. Yeah. When in reality, not so much. She's a total sweetie pie. That's good because, like you said, they were just clowning around in the photos. They yeah, just, so they were they're 20-something-year-old have... kids. Yeah, so about. at this stage they're about 21, you know, killing 20... killing people, but yeah. mucking about. Mucking well. about 21, 22 years old. We've all gone through that phase. Ah. Yeah, remember that time you killed seven police officers in one calendar year, Matt? Yes. <laughs> I said I was sorry. Said I was sorry. Stop bringing it up. 
So they became uh, famous outlaws, committed robberies, and uh, even kidnapped lawmen. Love that word. Sometimes civilians when stealing their cars, but they usually released their hostages far from home, sometimes with money to help them get back to where they were going. So stories of encounters like this made headlines for the gang, but so did their more violent episodes. So sometimes people would tell the story and people would laugh about, oh, they let people go with money, but then other times... uh, the Barrow Gang did not hesitate to shoot anyone, civilians or officers, who got in their way. And eventually, the cold-bloodedness of their killings soured the public perception of the outlaws. So there was a bit of initial, people are into it, like fascinated by it. Yeah, but then sure. when they start hearing about several police officers and civilians getting gunned down... For no reason. Yeah, then suddenly the... Well, there wasn't no reason. People got over stealing it. their cars. And they were in the way. Yeah, they were in the Sorry, way. Sorry, yeah, of course. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, I should have known, Jess. Come on. Of course. Jeez, you've really got it in for this Bonnie and Clyde gang, don't you, I hate them. I hate them so much. Well, I'm going to say that it's not going to... It's going to get worse before it gets any better, guys. It's good. But it will get better. Good. Yep. Yep. Okay. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. (laughs) Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, So they were now famous, but this wasn't actually good for the gang because they didn't ever want to be famous, but now they were famous so they couldn't hide anywhere because they'd be recognised at any motels or restaurants. Before, they could just rob a, a gas station and then go some, some into a town. Sure. No one knows. There's a group of five uh, people. What a bummer. But now they had to uh, pretty much live and cook in their car and on the side of the road. Cook in your car? Come on, why are you animals? Cooking in cars? <laughs> <laughs> Turkeys have been doing that for years. <laughs> there are 78 tonne trucks. <laughs> Such a big turkey, so big. One day Clyde was driving and he missed a sign saying a bridge was out and he had a a very, very bad car accident that left Bonnie with serious third-degree burns to her right leg, so severe that uh, the muscles uh, contracted and caused the leg to draw up. And 
In what? Some, some people report that she got uh, acid, battery acid poured over her leg. Oh, shit. And in some places you could see her bone. Oh, but then, like, they would they couldn't have taken her to hospital. No, so that's the thing. So throughout the rest of her life, she struggled to walk and either hopped was often carried by Clyde, who he himself struggled to walk. So now oh they're... God. It's a guy with a limp carrying a girl with a limp. So it's getting more and more desperate oh. for them. They hid for a while to try and treat her burns as best they could. But um, to get more money, Buck and Jones, WD, bungled a local robbery and uh, killed a town marshal. And uh, with their renewed pursuit by the law, they had to flee despite Parker's... Bonnie's serious injuries. Oh. And this is all just because she had the hots for this boy. See, so yeah. this is why I'll die alone. Because, because no boy is worth this. No boy is worth getting battery acid poured all over my right leg. There, I said it. You'll say it? Jess, take it back. No. You're being, you're being hasty. No. Nah. You're jumping to conclusions. Remind this could me. all work out well. Yeah, come on. The acid exactly. might end up being like a... A superpower. Yeah, or something that maybe she'll one day... Or maybe she had cancer in her right leg and she'll have it removed anyway. She had it burnt off, saved her life. Have you thought about that, Jess? No, because that's ridiculous. The cancer was burnt by the battery acid. There's yeah, no well, proof that that didn't happen. Love isn't real. Exactly. Is there proof that didn't happen? Love no. is a battlefield, and so is being on the run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Poetry. I think you would agree, being the poet poet laureate of the podcast. <laughs> oh, laureate. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's Pretty impressive. That is impressive. Sorry, no, no. Poet laureate. Oh. oh poet laureate. Pardon me. Sorry. Mm. I know I, what I don't, that I don't means ha- more than the other one. <laughs> I, I don't have a... Away with words like you do. Please do go on. Thank you. They, uh, the gang rented a place in Missouri to try and settle down again. That consisted of two cabins joined by a garage in the middle. But they weren't very good, I will say, at not drawing attention to themselves. So this is some of the things they did. Are uh, they, they l- playing card games loudly again? <laughs> no, even worse than, than, than bingo and Were they no, shooting fish. cards again? <laughs> How could it be worse than loud card playing? Is there... Well, they, were, they just acted rather suspiciously. They said it was for three people to live in, but then five got out of the car in front of the landlord and went inside the house. And he was like, oh, okay, that's weird. Why didn't you just say five? It would have been cool with it. Okay. Uh, they paid wholly in coins, not, <laughs> not, in, not in notes, which is easy to track. Uh, they, they, I love this. They backed into the garage, quote, gangster style for a quick getaway. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's gangster style. Gangster style. So if the cops come, you can just drive through the door of the garage, which is pretty cool. That's wow. great. Uh, I back in car parks a lot. I didn't know I was gangster doing a gangster style. style. My dad parks his car in the garage gangster style. Wow. I, I often pay for things in, with coins. <gasps> gangster style. Gangster style. Like uh, chewing gum. Yeah. Coffees. Yeah. Small, small goods. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Laundry. Items under Little $5. Things. Machines that take only coins. Yeah. You know how, how it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put newspaper on all of the windows. Okay. That's, That's a bit sus, right? Nobody likes With the newspaper their pictures that on them. Yeah. But perhaps, yeah, exactly. And people are looking at the newspaper going, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's you. No, but most suspiciously of all, I think we can all agree, Buck's wife, Blanche, uh, decided that she would wear jodhpur horse riding pants which apparently was uncommon in the area, Missouri, and people interviewed remembered this fact 40 years later. That she used to wear jodhpur pants. Which they, quote, thought was suspicious. Yeah, See, this is riding. like the um, Mary Poppins lady wearing pants again. You know? Just suspicious. Suspicious. Something's going on with Blanche. She's she wearing, knows, But it's not just pants that she's wearing. She's wearing jodhpurs. You don't even have a horse. Why are you wearing horse riding Yeah, for pants? a quick getaway, she could get on a horse at any moment and ride away. Jodhpurs. Good on her. 
I say. Imagine them all, they're all wearing, Clyde's wearing like a racing outfit. <laughs> one's got like a pilot uniform. One's like, just get on the closest charter Bonnie's plane. Dr- Bonnie's dressed as a pirate with a peg leg because her leg doesn't work. <laughs> oh, she's fucked. <laughs> now, so the landlord, the guy who was suspicious of them putting the newspapers up, gangster style, paying in coins, told the sheriff, who was also suspicious and wearing a pirate costume (laughs) (laughs) well after putting the place under surveillance i can only imagine wearing camouflage outfit (laughs) he organized a group of officers who approached the cabin with machine guns and an armored car that's excessive imagine a 1930s armored car i'm okay it'd be pretty cool that would be a cool car so they they approached the and surrounded the building but their machine guns were outmatched at a distance by clyde's rifle he had a really powerful rifle that he'd stolen. He was able to hold them off. So the Barrow gang, they laid down fire and escaped when a bullet short-circuited the horn on the armoured car and the lawmen mistook it for a ceasefire signal. That's amazing. They drove out gangster style and the law guys did not pursue the retreating Barrow vehicle. They didn't follow them. No, they were like, oh, see ya. <laughs> they're like, oh no, they're driving I'll away. Just, you forgot your newspapers. Though. But they drove out gangster style. Surely that would have told yeah. them something. Hang on. Maybe these guys are the criminals we're looking for. Although the gang had evaded the law again, Buck had sustained a gruesome and ultimately mortal bullet wound to his head Ugh. that blasted a large hole in his forehead Ew. skull bone oh. and actually exposed his injured brain. Get out. Ooh. Blanche, his wife, was nearly blinded by glass fragments in both her eyes. Oh, both? What are the chances? Oh, no, so they were both, <laughs> both in a really bad way. I mean, one eye's bad enough, but, but come God. on, Blanche! Oh, Honestly, no. I'd, just, I'd be opening the door and pushing them out. <laughs> you guys are liabilities now, thanks. Well, they are. Five thanks, days, bro. Five thanks days. No thanks. Five days later, the gang was camped at an abandoned amusement park. Spooky. Scooby-Doo style. (laughs) I think my favourite part is, oh, spooky. Spooky. (laughs) Buck was going in and out of consciousness, but every now and then... Five days later, he's still alive. But he he could still speak when he was conscious. He could still speak. Um, But his massive head wound... You can see his brain. Yeah, so bad. He He should be dead. And he'd lost a lot of blood. You should give him a pity bullet to the brain. Yeah, put him out. Clyde and Jones had dug a grave for him because they thought he was going any time now. Brutal. Just kill him. If you're gonna, if you're digging the grave, why you make him live in him pain? Put him out of his misery. You can't kill your brother because he's conscious every now and then. He'd wake up every every five minutes and they'd have a gun to his head. They're like, oh shit, sorry. And what's he saying? No, no, no. I'll be all right. I'll be I'll fine. Be right. Don't worry about me. I just need a drink of water. Yeah, you know this will heal over. I just imagine oh. slowly the skin just heals over, like, oh. like a little graze on your knee. I don't think that's how it happens. I don't think so. Well, the bloody bandages, which there were a lot of, an injured buck, so people could see his wound, caught the attention of locals who told the police they were quickly identified as the Barrow Gang. Hey, there's just a guy down the road whose brain I can see quite clearly through his skull. That's a bit sus. Yeah. What are they up to? Also, it's an abandoned amusement park. Spooky. (laughs) Bit suspicious. Local lawmen and approximately 100 spectators surrounded the group and the Barrows soon came under fire again. Bonnie Clyde and WD escaped on foot, but poor old Buck was shot in the back. Oh my God. And And he lived. And he and his wife Blanche were captured by the officers. Buck hung on for another five days before dying. Oh my God, Shot in the back. When he got shot in the head. 
surely did they get him to a hospital? Like, I imagine it's something that could be fixed. No, they got him to a hospital, but he got sick and he just wasn't going to get better. They just put a new head, like a new top of his head on. a new skull. Were they doing that back then? I don't think they were in the (laughs) 1930s. I don't think they're doing that now. (laughs) I think you can get a skull transplant. I reckon you can get a replacement, like false skull. Yeah, you can get like a replacement, but I don't think they were doing that. It's like a, like a Can you do that now? Pla- hard plastic bowl or I something. I kind of wanted one of those. Yeah, or like a piece of metal. Yeah. yeah. When I was getting migraines really badly, my dad one time, I said, I wish I could have a head transplant. And he said, but then you wouldn't have your beautiful face. Aww. And I said, oh, thanks, Dad. And continued to throw up because the migraines made me throw up a lot. So from what I know about your relationship with your dad so Spooky. far, Jess, is mm-hmm. he thinks you've got a beautiful face uh-huh. and beautiful pins. Yeah. Yes, what correct. A, what a great guy. That's, real, that's very great sweet, pins. but I mean, if if I was the middle part of your body, I'd be, I'd be like, what's, what's up, Dad? <laughs> what about me arms? What do you think of me arms, What do you think Dad? of me arms? What about me uh, shoulders? You know, etc. Hmm. I wouldn't ask that because that feels a bit weird. You just approach your dad with a clipboard with every part of your body. Yeah. Good or bad? Tell me. <laughs> Tell, Tell me. me. Nose? You like it? Should I keep it? Covered by the that's face, I think that's okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay, pardon me, I forgot that. Shoulder blades. No. Ankles, you like them? Part think? of the legs. Yeah. Toes. Okay. Let's go individually. Big toe. <laughs> Second biggest toe. Keep it. <laughs> keep them all. Middle toe. Out. All right, all that's right. a weird uh, thing. Over the next <laughs> six weeks, the remaining three members, so which is Bonnie, Clyde, and WD, sure. uh, they roamed far and wide committing small crimes when they needed the money. So they restocked their weapons and ammunition when they raided an armory in Illinois. So they're sort of travelling around. and They're not doing big jobs anymore, just enough to get by. They've got WD with them. Why does everybody only remember Bonnie and Clyde? Yeah. Is it because of the romance factor? Well, we're going to get to WD oh, right WD's here. WD's going to die. WD's going to die, and then it'll just be Bonnie and Clyde. That's where it is, Matt. Matt, do you reckon WD's going to die? I reckon, yeah. But Jonesy's I, dead. I'm wondering about this armory. How, like, how good of an armory is it? Okay. People are raiding it. Yeah, like, not surely... very good. Hey, these guys are pretty good. Bonnie and Clyde we're talking about, even though There's she... a couple of hobbly bloody... Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> they can't even oh. walk either of them. Uh, by early September, they risked a run to Dallas to see their families for the first time in many months. Jones, WD, continued on to Houston to visit his own mother and was arrested there without incident on November 16th. Oh. Through the autumn... So, WD's gone. Through the autumn... But not dead. Not dead. He's Yet. not on the body count. What's the body count at? Well, I was only at seven because that's just how many people Clyde had murdered. Yeah. I was going for just Clyde. Oh, right. I reckon... I reckon but it's you should, you should count the, like, buck as well. Just count all death. All death. But, look, we've already passed a lot of death. Well, let's say... Too late now. We yeah. missed about... Now. I reckon add six. Add six? And then... <laughs> Seven in brackets plus six. Do a right. plus six. For Matt at the end. Plus six. Great. Got it. Uh, through the autumn, Clyde executed a series of small-time robberies with a series of local accomplices while his family and Parkers attended to her now considerable medical needs. So she was having a big rest and Clyde was still doing different crimes with different people. He just can't help himself. No, he really can't. He can't just take a holiday. He, he can't. He's a workaholic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and January 1934, Clyde orchestrated the escape of... Raymond Hamilton, who's that young guy serving 362 years, oh. who's going to get electrocuted later on, and a guy called Henry Methvin. Methvin. Methvin, who we'll talk about later. You might want to write him down. Okay. Thanks for the tip. Henry Methvin. We still haven't got to Ted Hinton, though. No, we'll get there. Henry Methvin. Methvin. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit later. And several others. So they escaped Raymond, Henry, 
and several others in the now infamous, if you're a big fan of crime, uh, East Ham breakout of 1934. Ah, what a year it was. Great year. So remember how we wanted to break people out of prison? Yeah, it was a dream. Uh, so Barry Barrow Clyde seemed to have achieved what historian Phillips described as his overriding goal: revenge on the Texas Department of Corrections. So he got his mates out. He was pretty happy. But during the prison break, a high-ranking officer was shot and later died. Yes. <laughs> this attracted <laughs> the full power of the Texas and federal government for the manhunt for Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, so they finally go, all right, that's so enough. So I think he shot a, like a really high-ranking guy and they were like, no. Nah, come on. I've had enough of this. You can shoot some of our low-level plebs. Yeah, but the come, lawmen, the, top, the marshals. Top and the lawmen. But honestly, this, guy, this desk jockey deserved more. But the local guys, those desk jockeys weren't enough to capture Bonnie and Clyde. They realised this. So the Texas Department of Corrections called in Texas Ranger Captain Frank A. Hamer, H-A-M-E-R, a retired ranger. Is that, uh, is that who Hamer Hall is named after? Very doubtful because mm. this is Texas and Hamer Hall's in Melbourne. Interesting. Ah. All right. That's a good fact. That this Hamer is... Hall is probably not named after Captain Frank A. Hamer. No, he meant that we're in Melbourne. Oh, right. Ah. Oh, <laughs> I missed that. That's good. I'm writing that down. <laughs> we are in Melbourne. Write that down. Meth Vin. Meth Vin. got him. Anyway, so uh, Captain Frank A. Hamer, he was retired, but he was given the task, one last job oh, of, so quote, good. taking Bonnie, Clyde, and the Barrow gang. A big guy... For 20 years, Hamer had been a feared and admired ranger throughout Texas. He had, quote, acquired a formidable reputation as a result of several spectacular captures and the shootings of a number of Texas criminals. He was officially credited with 53 kills Ooh, and had good. suffered 17 wounds along the way. 53. Now we're cooking on the body count. Are you going to add another plus 53? In short, I'm just trying to paint the picture that Frank Hamer... He's a real badass and you don't want him on your tail. I like him. Why aren't there more movies about Frank Hamer? Yeah. He is in the Bonnie and Clyde movie, we'll say that. Yeah, Jess wants more. I want oh, sorry. More a than Hamer one. biopic. Well, I mean, he's killed 53 people, been shot 17 times. That's, that's a story there. Yeah. He's pretty cool. And he's got the Hamer Hall in Melbourne. Yeah. Well, he's got some credit then, obviously. Mm. Uh, starting in February, Hamer became the constant shadow of Bonnie and Clyde, living out of his own car, just a town or two behind the bandits. So he's following them everywhere. Well, just like follow them quicker. That is a really because I assume up. he's doing that to um, so he so they don't realise he's tailing them. You know, how they normally hold back a little bit. I think two towns is a bit too far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, like way if you're too just far. trying to stay out of the rearview mirror, probably fine. Probably two streets, or even you know. 50 metres, not two towns. Two towns. Don't want to tell this guy how to do his job. Yeah, true. 53 hey, kills. 53, how many, how many kills have you done? What do we say? Nowhere seven. near that many. He, he knows seven, seven police officers, I believe, we said attributed to you before. Six. Six in one calendar year, though. Seven. You're seven. Right. Thank Sorry. you. Yeah, it was seven. Lucky seven. Lucky that was, seven. I call that my lucky year. Mm-hmm. Pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> then we come to a, uh, an ominous part of the story, which is ominously called the Grapevine Murders. Gross. In April, so the guys, uh, Frank's been tra- uh, trailing them for a couple of months now. On Easter Sunday, Clyde and Henry Methvin, mm-hmm. as the guy escaped, killed two young highway patrolmen near Grapevine in Texas, two more. An eyewitness account stated that Barrow, 
and Parker, who's Bonnie, fired the fatal shots, and this story got widespread coverage before it was discredited. Ah. So the grapevine killings were recounted in exaggerated detail, affecting public perception of the gang. So all four Dallas Daily papers, the big ones in Texas, seized on the story told by this eyewitness, a farmer who claimed that he'd seen Bonnie Parker laugh at the way Patrolman Murphy's head, quote, bounced like a rubber ball, unquote, on the ground as she shot him. Bonnie. So she wasn't even there, but this guy said that, and then the story got circulated. Several days later... Do you think they mean like one of those super bouncy (laughs) rubber balls? You know those ones that just fly into the air? That'd be... I would laugh at that as well. That would be funny. You know those ones, the super (laughs) balls, and they go like... 20 metres in the air. That would be like... That would be funny. If you and it bounced see that, a little bit less every time. Yeah, yeah. try not to laugh at that. But even, like, even though you'd still be laugh now. shaking at the adrenaline of shooting someone, you'd still bloody laugh at that. Yeah, you'd be That's tickled. Funny. No doubt about that. You'd hey, guys, funny's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget that. Yeah. Oh, never. I've got that tattooed on my arm. Uh, well, have you got a tattoo since we last spoke? No, not, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Give it time. Give it time. Um, I will say this. Uh, this is... So several days later, one of the officers who was shot, his fiancée wore her intended wedding dress to his funeral. Creepy. Sparking photos and newspaper coverage. The eyewitness's um, ever-changing story was soon discredited, the one that said he saw the bouncing head and the laughing, but the massive negative publicity against Bonnie in particular increased in the public um, the outcry for extermination of Ooh. the survivors of the Barrow Gang. So the public perception is really tipped. Now they even want the the female of the group shot. Even the female? Which at Bloody the time... hell. I will say this. They got Frank Hamer to come in. He was the third person they asked to pursue the first two guys. That's why he had to come out of retirement because the two rangers they asked said they wouldn't shoot a woman. Aww. But he was like, I'm Frank Hamer. <laughs> I'll shoot anything. I've killed 53 <laughs> people. What is there to lose now? I'll shoot anything. Give me a gun. I'll shoot a lady. No problem. Mm, yeah. Uh, the highway patrol boss, boss of the two guys that were just shot, including the one whose fiancé went to his funeral in the wedding Sorry, dress. creepy. Don't go to the funeral in your wedding dress. What a psycho bitch. I think, if anything, he dodged... Well, while he was hit by a bullet, he also <laughs> dodged another bullet. <laughs> oh, dear. Because that bitch be crazy. Uh, but his Aww. his boss... She was heartbroken, yeah. Jess. She was crazy. I know you're, you're, you've decided never to fall in love, mm-hmm. but don't take it out on other people who have. Happiness? Don't resent other people's happiness wearing their wedding dress at their to partner's a funeral. funeral. Don't resent them that happiness, Jess. I'm not resenting her. Maybe I'm... you'll never wear your soon-to-be wedding dress at your partner's uh, funeral. No, I won't. Maybe you won't. I and won't. That's, that's your choice. She crazy is all I'm saying. Oh, Dave, okay, sure. please do go on. Crazy in love. <laughs> all I am trying to say, guys, is uh, that the boss of the two guys patrolman killed offered a $1,000 reward, just a lot of money, for the bodies of the grapevine killers, usually a wanted sign would say dead or alive, but he stated he just wanted the bodies. Then the Texas governor said, hey, I'll chuck another $500 on that bounty. So people, uh, the law men, so to speak, are getting pretty upset that so many of them are being killed. Public, yeah, fair. public hostility increased five days later when Barrow and Henry Methvin killed 60-year-old constable William Campbell, a widowed single father. Six-year-old constable? Bloody hell, mate. I know. Climb the ladder. Six-year-old constable. 
<laughs> Are you That's not... brutal. Come on. Nah, they did him a favour. Unless, honestly, hang on, no, 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 hang on, hang on. Unless he had had a different career. Yeah, he, he was came a farmer, to it. Maybe he was a pharmacist. Came to it later. <laughs> then... A farmer or pharmacist? Either or <laughs> and the farmers. Then he, he joined the police at fifty-five. All right. The only good things about old police is that they're hardened old police. What? What? Like when you're an old newbie policeman. Mm. You don't have experience or fitness. You're the worst of both worlds. Yeah. Honestly, no, does right. this guy Fuck die? Him. I hope he does. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's dead. He's dead. He's on oh, the body good. count. Of course he is. Like, he sounds like the most useless person <laughs> in this whole story. And that includes the guy without a head. And Bonnie without a leg. Yeah. Well, fair enough. The, <laughs> apparently, Matt has spoken. Well, I'll try and see if we can out-useless him with the, the remaining few people in the story. Uh, the gang kidnapped Commerce Police Chief... Percy Boyd, they drove around with him, crossing the state line into Kansas. They let him go, giving him a clean shirt, a few dollars, and a request from Parker to tell the world she did not smoke cigars. Yeah, no, her priorities are spot on. That was the one thing about the articles. No, but seriously, I don't. I don't do it. It's bad for you. I hate them. I will not be associated with those big... Corporate bastards. I don't. I don't want to be associated with anything that causes premature death, <laughs> especially cigars. Well, speaking of premature death, the Dallas Journal ran a cartoon on its editorial page showing the Texas electric chair empty, but with a sign on it saying "Reserved" and Clyde and Bonnie underneath Ooh, it. See, that's where they went, that's where they went wrong. It's Bonnie and Clyde, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that that's funny that it did switch the other way? On May 19th, Henry Methvin was one of the guys they broke out of jail before and who's been hanging around killing with them, let's be honest. He was sent into a diner to get some sandwiches for the gang. Whilst he was at the counter, a police car passed the diner and Clyde panicked and drove off, oh. leaving Methvin behind. He hitchhiked to Ruston where his parents were living at the time. Methvin told his father that the gang had planned a spot for a rendezvous in the mm. event that any of the gang were separated. Methvin was supposed to meet the gang on a deserted stretch of highway, but a certain place. His father, Ivan, who was being harassed by the law because of his son's connection to the gang, told of this meeting place to a Louisiana sheriff who then passed it on to our main man, Ranger Frank Hamer. In exchange for the info, the older Methvin was promised that his son would not get the death penalty for the murders of the troopers in Grapevine two months earlier. So he made a deal for his son. Then on May 23, 1934, the older Methvin, Ivan Methvin, parked his truck near the meeting spot and removed one of the wheels as if he was uh, removing a flat tyre. When Bonnie and Clyde stopped to assist Methvin because oh they recognised his father, um, their friend's oh, father. That is brutal. It was an, actually an ambush as Hamer and six men were hiding in bushes across the other side of the road. Oh. The lawman immediately opened fire, killing. Barrow and Parker, <gasps> Bonnie and Clyde, um, instantly. Jeez, that came out of nowhere, Dave. Oh, I needed a little bit more of a warning before. It's just heroes. over. That's it. It's, well, they were shot. They shot a total of 130 rounds at the two people. Oh, boy. They were, and they were trying to help out a guy with a flat tire. Yeah, it's pretty bad, isn't it? Oh. One of the seven shooters was postal worker turned sheriff one Ted Hilton. Ted! From the beginning of the program, the guy who had had a crush on Bonnie, <gasps> who, according to a statement made by Hinton after the shooting, this is a long statement, but he wrote, 
but it describes the situation. Each of us six officers had a shotgun and an automatic rifle and pistols. We opened fire with the automatic rifles. They were emptied before the, the, the car got even with us, before the car really even stopped. Then we used our shotguns. There was smoke coming from the car, and it looked like it was on fire. After shooting the shotguns, we emptied the pistols at the car, which had passed us and ran into a ditch about 50 yards on down the road. It had almost turned over. We kept shooting at the car even after it stopped. We weren't taking any chances. Man, they were so afraid of them. Yeah, so Reacher... So, a couple of people who can't even walk properly. Yeah, no, they probably couldn't even get out of the car, to be honest. Researchers have said Bonnie and Clyde were shot more than 50 times each. Oof. How many shots were fired? 130 rounds. Oh, yeah. And 50 <laughs> hit. Well, that's not too bad. Yeah. 50 <laughs> each. That's 100. Though... F- not too many wasted bullets. Officially, uh, the parish coroner, who sort of uh, examined their bodies, reported that uh, 17 separate entrant wounds on... Clyde's body and 26 on Parker's, including several headshots on each. So they were oh. shot a lot. They were dead. They were definitely dead. They That's were so. The to go. They weren't doing a buck and like living through yeah. that. Sort of, nah. If you're going to go one way, it's just to get fucking killed. Here's now. A, <laughs> the Undertaker had difficulty embalming the bodies because of all the bullet holes. Why is he embalming them? Chuck them in a hole. Move on with your lives. Brutal, Chuck him in a hole. Chuck him in a hole. I'll get to well, where they're well, They're going to give him an open casket funeral. Yeah, Why are you with, embalming them? several head shots. Just, it's very strange. Yeah, why would you bother packing their asses? I would not pack their asses. Not if you paid me. You could not pay me enough. You could. You could. <laughs> oh, man, you'd have to pay me a lot to shut up, to pack a bullet riddled but body like, with... A life-changing <gasps> amount of money, I would, I would pack a, a bullet riddled asshole. You putting that on record? I'm putting that on record. You taking offers? What are we talking? What's life changing? Fifty thousand or? F- no, I'm oh. talking millions. Okay. <laughs> Twelve. Does that put put it out of your range? I can't afford it. I'm sorry. Well, then when I die, I might have some great life insurance. It's true. Uh, what happened next was the temporarily deafened officers that shot so much that they couldn't hear inspected the vehicle and discovered an arsenal of weapons, including stolen automatic rifles, sawn-off sh- automatic shotguns, handguns. Several thousand rounds of ammunition, along with 15 sets of license plates from various states. Word quickly spread of the ambush and a crowd soon gathered. The two sheriffs left to guard the bodies lost control of the jostling, curious crowd. One woman cut off bloody locks of Parker's hair and pieces of her dress, which were subsequently sold as souvenirs. Disgusting. Another officer returned to find a man trying to cut off... Um, Clyde's trigger finger <gasps> and someone was trying to cut off his ear as a memento. That's disgusting. Yeah, they were sickened by what was occurring. And what a time. The... Oh, gross. This is a... These people are sick fucks. This is a, a sick but... Um... America in the 30s. What a wild place. So how, uh, how old were they? Like what year was it and stuff like that? So this is 1934, May 1934, which makes Clyde uh, 24, Parker 23. 23. Oh, my God. That is amazing. Very See? young. You fall in with the wrong boys, you get yourself killed. Yeah. Better to just be alone forever. And she wrote a lot of poetry about that. There's a famous she poem did. she wrote called The Story of Bonnie and Clyde, and it sort of um, writes how they're, they're pretty much waiting to die because they're, they're certain that that's their fate. Yeah. Because, you know, they've killed a lot of people. 
it's pretty hard to come back from any other oh. any other way. I did find this interesting. Uh, H.D. Darby, a young undertaker who worked for the McClure Funeral Parlor in Houston, near where they died. An ass packer. Uh, she came to... <laughs> yes, absolutely. Can, that's a reference to the death episode. Yeah, look that up. Things. Cremation burial, either. They came to uh, Arcadia to identify the bodies of Bonnie and Clyde because they'd been kidnapped by the Barra gang the previous year and they'd been released. Uh, Parker reportedly, Bonnie, had laughed when Darby had said his profession was an undertaker. She remarked that maybe someday he would be working on her. Oh. Darby assisted the head undertaker in embalming the outlaws. So oh. it came true. It actually did come true. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde, they wished to be buried side by side, but uh, Bonnie's family would not allow it. Mrs. Parker wanted to grant her daughter's final wish, however, to be brought home. But the mob surrounding the Parker house made that impossible. More than 20,000 people attended Bonnie Parker's funeral and her family had difficulty reaching her gravesite. There were so many people there. Oh, that's awful. The life insurance policies of Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow were paid in full. They had life insurance? Yeah. Since then, uh, the policy of payouts... Is... I don't have life insurance. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have a really dangerous profession. Profession? You don't have a profession. I don't. Uh, since then, the policy of payouts has changed to exclude payouts in cases of deaths caused by any criminal act by insurance. So these days, if you're a criminal on the run, don't bother insuring yourself. They're not going to pay. I can't believe they, they literally lived out of their car, but they made sure their insurance was up to date. Hey, they're pretty savvy business guys. They got, they got stopped by a door-to-door salesman. <laughs> in the Ca- car. Car door-to-car door. Car door. <laughs> Hello? Can I interest Does you? Anyone, and they pretend to not be home, but they can see him. <laughs> that there's five people sleeping inside a car. I can see you, sir. I can see you. <laughs> but I can see your brain, Buck. Answer the fucking door. I reckon <laughs> I, I really think you'd be interested in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, mate, you've got, what, max five days to live? You, if you get shot in the back, you're done for. Uh, the six men of the posse who had shot at the, the ambush were each to receive one-sixth, there it is, of the reward money. Uh, the Dar- Dallas Sheriff had promised Ted Hinton that this would total more than $26,000. This is the postal work wow. from before. But most of the state, county, and other organizations that had pledged rewards reneged on their offers. Jerks. So in the end, each lawman received about $200 for <gasps> his efforts. Which even back then, not it's a lot of money. It's, no, it's quite, I mean, it's a sizable amount, but Bonnie and Clyde, sometimes they'd rob a bank and they'd get you know a couple of thousand in one go. So it's not that much. Mm. Oof. say reneging on that? It's dodgy ass, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, just in the aftermath, one of the reasons that the Barrow Gang had been so successful and eluded capture for a few years is that at the time of the ro- robberies, lawmen from each state couldn't chase them over state line where they no longer had jurisdiction. So Clyde had been a master of pulling a job on one side of the border and then quickly driving across mm. so no one could um, could sort of pull them, pull them over, I guess. For sure. But by the summer of 1934, the following summer, new federal statutes made bank robbery and kidnapping federal offences. And, the, uh. gr- and the growing coordination of local jurisdictions by the FBI overall, plus two-way radios in police cars so they could talk to each other, combined to make the law, outlaw bandit sprees much more difficult to carry out. Like, as little as two months later, it was pretty impossible to do what they were doing. So this was the end of the public enemies era. It's interesting that uh, it sounds like if it wasn't for that photo of Bonnie with the cigar, that they wouldn't have become so infamous. Yeah, they wouldn't have been so famous. That was a big part of 
the infamy. Was she a bit of a babe too? Was she good yes, looking? so apparently she was very good looking. Yeah, that all adds up. They always are, aren't they? The bad girls. And he? He uh, he looks uh, pretty good looking in the photos, I guess. Not as good looking as Warren Beatty in the, right. the film of course, version. Of course. But uh, just to sum up, I will say uh, these aren't fun facts, but two final facts. Okay. Tell me if they're fun. Well, do you, have you guys ever heard of hybristophilia? Hybristophilia. No. Hybristophilia. No. Which is a paraphilia in which sexual arousal and attainment of orgasm are responsive to uh, and contingent to upon being with a partner known to have committed an outrage, cheating, lying, known fidelities, or crime. Oh, okay. So sort of like people who fall in love with yeah, so sort of bad prison. boys, like serial killers, getting stuff written to them by sure. people that are attracted to them. It's also known as Bonnie and Clyde syndrome, ah. named after Bonnie's fascination with Clyde, the super bad boy. He was super bad. Super bad. And a boy. And a boy. Final note, Henry Methven, whose father dobbed in Bonnie and Clyde and ambushed them in exchange for his son to, uh, to avoid the great fine murder charges, which he did. However, his arrangement did not include the murder of Constable Campbell. Oh, no. Extradited to Oklahoma, Methven was found guilty of the officer's murder and sentenced to death oh, December 1935. Shit. His sentence was, uh, however, commuted to life imprisonment the following year. And he was paroled in 1942. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, he uh, remained in trouble with the law throughout the rest of his life. He did not get off easily. In November 1945, he was jailed for fighting and carrying a shotgun. He was arrested again for attempted robbery and drunk driving in Louisiana. Both of those serious crimes. One more serious than the other, I would say. In 1948, Methan was intoxicated whilst attempting to cross a railroad track and was killed by an oncoming train. Although it has been speculated that his death was curse. It could be the Ferris curse, or it could be retribution retribution for the deaths of Bonnie and Clyde, especially after the similar death of his father, Ivan Methven, 16 months earlier. However, no evidence of foul play has ever been produced. Leading me to conclude, Matt, I think it is the curse of Tutankhamun striking Tutankhamun. several thousand years after yep. his death. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's so that's amazing. it, guys. That is the uh, story of Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, I really feel for Methvin's dad. Yeah, that sucks. Ivan Methvin. Uh, he sort of... Would you, I know you probably do the same thing. These guys were going around killing a lot of people. That's a great story. It was a great story and a great podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Five stars if you've got it in your heart. I don't want to point this out, but someone has one starred us on iTunes. I don't want to point this out, but so I'll point it out. If you, want to, if you are like... Meth fan and want some justice in this world. <laughs> Get on iTunes. Give us bloody five stars. One star. Can you, that really denigrates the, the overall average, I will just say. Mm. It denigrates it big time. <laughs> so denigrated. <laughs> I feel denigrated. But um, that is the... Yeah, that's the story of Bonnie and Clyde. That was super interesting. I really enjoyed that. I had a great time. Matt? Yeah, I, I enjoyed myself. It's a fucking sad story. Yeah, it's pretty sad. So it is. Sad. I know. No one really... It's no winners ha- in there. Happy ending for anyone there. Mm. No. Except us. And the guy who had the cr- got to kill his crush. Yeah, that's fun. Oh, yeah. What a weird thing. That's to... super weird, isn't it? And yeah. he's not even a cop at the time when he knows it. He becomes a cop and then and he knows... ends up being one of the six people asked to yeah. shoot him down. So he, he knows what he's there to do. I guess, yeah, six of them, no one feels the guilt on their shoulders themselves. But, but you know, do you still have the same crush as you did in high school? Nah. 
It's only a few years later, we'll say. It's only four or five years after yeah, his crush. Yeah, still, there's crushes world. I had four years ago that now I don't have. That's hard but, to... So far, there's a difference between not having them and murdering them. Yeah, and I could murder people I had a crush on really? four or five months ago even. Really? Oh, really, you great. could shoot them in the head could several shoot times. Shoot them. Give me 130 rounds. And these are... Are we talking criminals? Nah, really nice people. <laughs> Well, let's hope that you never fall in love with Matt or I. Oh, I'm God. never falling in love ever, remember? She's oh, yeah. not a fuckhead, Dave. Oh, yeah, love a battlefield. All right, so that's, that is the end of the show. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the tale of Bonnie and Clyde. As pa- told Parker by and Barrow. Parker and Barrow. Remember that for Trivial Pursuit, I reckon it's going to come up. Yeah, it will. It's a classic trivia question. Uh do we have... Oh, we've got our Melbourne Comedy Festival shows coming out very soon. Yes. Would you like to see us live and in the flesh? I'm doing a comedy... It will be in the flesh. I'll have my flesh on display. Probably not all of it. Actually, one of the games... I do a quiz show called Facty Fact versus the Audience. And one of the games, if you come on the right night, uh, you get to see a photo of me naked. But, you know, I'm wearing it. Are you selling this show? Or? Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, it's a quiz show with guests at the Imperial Hotel for the first two weeks of the Comedy Festival, which starts, opening weekend is Easter weekend, end of March. Maybe you'll have Jess and I on as guests. Definitely, you will be both. I'm just trying to think, should I have a do-go on special where yeah. we try and get get you both on? But who would be the weird, because th- it's a team of three comedians competing against the audience. Who would, would you like to third, have? A- yeah. You said weird, we could get, we know a few weird people. We could probably discuss this off the podcast too. Yeah, we Very could. Cool. So I'll tweet about that when we do that. Uh, Jess, you're part of the Comedy Zone, a showcase of great new up-and-coming talent. I am. It's on at Trades Hall for the entire run of the festival, so it's 22 shows, so you literally have no excuse yeah, If you're not there, you better, you better be dead. That's the excuse we're taking. <laughs> if you've been shot 50 times, I'll accept it. I'll, I'll allow it. Matt, <laughs> uh, your show, a split show with the, the wonderful, the only... Andy Matthews, tell us about that. Yep, it's called Logistical Nightmare and it's... It's turning out to be one, isn't it? It is, yeah, because he he's moved to Sydney since we started the show. Or we started talking about doing the show. But he's coming back down for it. Uh, that's the plan at the moment. Thank goodness. And it should be really good. It's on at Tuxedo Cat in the second half of the festival in Melbourne. If you're not in Melbourne, of course. If you're not in Melbourne, just uh, listen to the other episodes of the show. No, no, yeah. fly down. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, or com- up or across, depending on where you are. Tickets and links and everything are at comedyfestival.com.au. Check that out. Thank you so much. We'd love to see people there. You can always contact us with Twitter at DoGoOnPod. Do we have a hashtag for the week? Because uh, people, um, if you've got any suggestions for topics, keep them coming in. We get we get them uh, trickling in every week. Yeah, we totally do. Good. And I reckon my next one, I'm going to do one from the, the hat. I pulled one yeah. out of the hat for uh, next week. And you were saying you're excited? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting topic. I've already looked into it a bit and it's fascinating. Cool. Well, well guys, if you've got those fascinating topics, please. Uh, of course, if you're not on Twitter, we're on Facebook as well. Just search Do Go On and email dogoonpod at gmail.com. So I guess that's it for the week. Matt's going to be back with that report from the hat next week. Thanks so much for listening and uh, we'll talk to you then. Later. Bye. Bye. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.